0: The media has become far too powerful in this country, far too powerful, and that has become readily apparent over the events of the last several days. But what's even more shocking than the actual awesome power of the media, as it it has been revealed in these recent days, is just who in the media has this power. Yes, there's the traditional television media, the broadcast media, the cable networks, talk radio, but The last few days has revealed that the new alternative media, the media we've all come to rely on for almost every bit of personal and interpersonal communication in our lives, is the more powerful of all and far too powerful than any media has a right to be and far too powerful than anyone ever envisioned they would become. Hi everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already done done so, forgive me, please subscribe to the show. You can do so by going to either the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store, at least for now, Uh, and you can subscribe to the show that way for free. In the alternative, you can go to the Podbean app. Podbean.com is a hosting service that myself and many other podcasters use. You can go there, download that app from either Google or from um, the iTunes App Store, and you can subscribe that way. Wherever you subscribe, however you subscribe, by merely subscribing, you will always be notified whenever a new upload takes place, and you won't miss a thing. We only ask in return that you leave a review. Uh, even if it's a line or two, a paragraph would be better. Uh, Five stars would be excellent uh, because that helps us grow uh, the show in terms of how this show shows up when people search in either of the two major uh, app stores, Google or iTunes for uh, news commentary and so forth. We are trying to expand the show. We are trying to expand the offerings by having a call in line coming and guests featured on the show, but this all takes investment capital and we can do it on our own, but it's going to be a slow go. We're trying to accelerate that process. And to that end, if you visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash national preview online, you will find one of the recent postings is a GoFundMe uh, campaign that we started to do that. No donation is too small Every donation is greatly appreciated, so whatever you can spend, $5, $10, and you want to send it to that uh, GoFundMe campaign, we're going to turn around and put it right back into the show, into advertising for the show, and acquiring other things to make the show even better. So, the media, as I said, has become far too powerful. Long ago, there was a man named Spiro Agnew, and that name probably doesn't ring a bell to most of you young people out there today, but to me, uh, who was in grade school at the time, the name does ring a bell. Spiro Agnew was the vice president to Richard Nixon. He was his vice president throughout his first term and into his second term. Spiro Agnew wound up having to resign the office in disgrace uh, because it was revealed that while... He was the Baltimore County Executive or the governor of Maryland that he was taking, actually both, let's say he was, uh, yes, during his time, as I was correct, as the Baltimore County Executive and while he was the governor of Maryland, he was accepting kickbacks from contractors. And these kickbacks apparently continued uh, as he was vice president. Uh, He was never implicated in the Watergate scandal, which brought down Nixon, but he did plead no contest to a a single felony count of tax evasion and resigned. He lived the rest of his life in relative obscurity, quiet life, rarely made a public appearance, uh, wrote a novel and a memoir, both of which, in which he defended uh, his actions. But prior to him coming to grief, Spiro Agnew, Uh, had very famously declared that the media has far too much to say in this country. Now, a lot of people disagreed with that statement at the time he made it, and I was one of them. The media, a free press, uh, is one of the best defenses against tyranny. However, that presupposes that we have a free and unbiased press not a press like we have today that sees fit only to print what it sees fit to print and seeks to keep from you that which it seeks to keep from you. 95% of all the coverage on President Trump while he was in office was negative. Now, it's hard for me to believe, and it should be hard for even you Trump detractors to believe, that 95% of everything anyone can do can be all bad. Because if 95% of what you did was bad... You couldn't have 73 million followers. You just simply can't. Uh, you can have detractors. People disagree with what you do. Uh, but look, I didn't like President Obama. I made no secret of that. I didn't like President Bill Clinton. I made no secret of that. But I'll be the first one to say, I could never make the statement that 95 percent of everything Barack Obama did was bad or that 95 percent of everything Bill Clinton did was was bad. I could say that I agree that a lot of the stuff he did was bad, maybe even more than 50 percent, but 95 percent never happened. So the media has become extremely biased and continues its inexorable lurch to the left. Even Fox News has moved largely leftward under Rupert Murdoch and his sons and it shows no signs of abating. And this is what's given rise to many alternative media. Uh, everything that News Corp touches, the Wall Street Journal, is more left. So was Spiro Agnew wrong? Well, he may have been ahead of his time, but he was not wrong. And one need know, look no further than the events of the last few days. Look, Donald Trump has already gone on made a speech the other day, which everyone is trying to say that he incited a riot. He did not. He's taking some responsibility for it regardless, but I read Donald Trump's speech and never did he call for violence. At the end, the most he said was, now let's all take a walk down to the Capitol and peacefully protest like good patriots. Now, unless you want to assume that being a good patriot is uh, synonymous with invading the Capitol. It's kind of hard to say that Donald Trump incited that riot. Further, there's evidence now that the timeline is wrong, that many of these actions that were taking place at the Capitol actually took place before Donald Trump had even finished his speech. Additionally, we now know that there was Antifa and Black Lives Matter people present, and they were the people dressed in military garb, olive drab and black, that circumvented the Capitol police, breached the perimeter broke into the building and then encouraged Trump supporters who were already pissed off because they feel an election was stolen from them to go inside the building. And for all this violence that they say took place, I didn't see a single person from Congress get their butt handed to him. Nancy Pelosi didn't get the living you know what kicked out of her. Nobody else got hurt. Chuck Schumer didn't get hurt. The only person who died as a result of violence, uh, seems to be Ashley Babbitt. And she died at the hands of the government she served. Ashley Babbitt was a 12-year veteran of the Air Force. And I watched that shooting on video, and it looks like there were agitators in there deliberately to make the uh, police perhaps shoot. But agitators or no, criminal trespass is not a crime for which somebody can be executed or shot. I explained all this the other day in my explanation of deadly force. It's not something that you can use. Uh, and whenever you use deadly physical force or shoot, as most police officers know, you have to be conscious of what's downrange of your target. If you look at that video, you'll see that within a second or two of Ashley Babbitt being shot and going down, she was surrounded by several police officers and innocent bystanders. Uh, nobody with a right mind would fire into a situation like that. That uh, Capitol Police officer could easily have struck one of those police uh, SWAT team members and, and been responsible for their death. So there's some accountability there and a good deal of it. But I'm talking about other things in terms of media power. Trump is on his way out. He's going to leave on the 20th of January. He's already said there's going to be a, tr- a peaceful transference of power. Yet Twitter permanently suspends Trump's account. They decide who they're going to allow to speak and who not to speak. The other little twit, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook has suspended Trump's account until after the election because they don't want him to be able to say anything. So he decides now who, who speaks and who doesn't. And we know how many people depend on Facebook for communication. An alternative app by the name of Parler, which I'm all sure you're familiar with, Uh, which has been growing in leaps and bounds as people's dissatisfaction with Twitter has grown, has been removed from the Apple and Google app stores on the threadbare argument that it was used to organize and perpetrate the violence at the Capitol. Now, this is almost laughable when one considers that Twitter has been used to organize and perpetrate violence by the left, by Black Lives Matter, by Antifa, all those protests you saw over the course of the summer that were described as peaceful, while stores were ravaged, cities were burned, and people were dragged out of cars, beaten as they walked down the street, all those peaceful riots facilitated by Twitter, but there is no move by Apple or Google to remove the Twitter app from their app stores, just to keep the record straight. And so they did. They removed the app. So if you didn't have it on your phone, you couldn't download it. But that wasn't enough. Parler, growing very, very fast, doesn't have their own servers. So what they did have was server space that they rented from one of the biggest brokers of server space in the world, Amazon. So they rent their server space from Amazon. Amazon then turns around, following suit with Google and with Apple, and says to Parler that if you do not, if you do not remove your data within 24 hours, we are going to just delete all of your data. You have, basically, they gave him an ultimatum. You have 24 hours to remove your data from our servers because we no longer want you on our servers. Now, 24 hours is a little, it's a little bit rushed to try and get everything off, and now Parler is suing. Look, you have a Congress that's all upset because their house got invaded and they felt the heat. This same Congress did nothing, didn't raise a finger as people were losing their lives, as people were losing their businesses. All of a sudden, when they felt the heat, all of a sudden it became very, very, very important. It reminds me of the woman that was interviewed by the news and by the police department here in New York City where I live in the aftermath of the federal court intervention where they stopped the stop question and frisk program. And she, she said, uh, well, it's good that you're stopping it. It was really a, a wrong program. It was discriminatory. Uh, it was profiling. Um, and you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, But you're still going to do it here in Manhattan, right? In other words, I don't care if you don't do it in those poor neighborhoods in the Bronx. Just make sure you stop questioning first people in my neighborhood here in Manhattan because I don't want anybody bothering me. That's the typical left-wing hypocrite. So you have the same thing going on here. Facebook, Apple, Google, and Amazon have reserved to themselves What conduct, what speech, what people are going to get the privilege of using their First Amendment rights? Anyone we disagree with, you don't exist. They're going to make sure you can't communicate with your friends, with others. They're going to make sure you can't voice any objection. Now, if this sounds remotely similar to things that happened in Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia and what continues to happen in Communist China, it should sound familiar because that's exactly what they did. And it begins to remind me of a story. I'm going to relate to you, something that my, my late Uncle Frank had told me years ago. When I was growing up, I was a teenager. I was working part-time uh, in a neighborhood store. That, about that time was when ATMs came into being. See, prior to that time, people always made sure they had enough cash To get through the weekend, you were going to go out to dinner. People didn't use credit cards quite as much. Want to go shopping, go to a bar, have some drinks, whatever, have some time out with your friends. You made sure you had cash. Go away with the family. Married couples made sure they had cash because you couldn't get to a bank because the banks closed at 12 noon on Saturday and that was it. You couldn't get into the banks until Monday morning. So, what did you do if you needed cash? Well, if you knew a friendly Business owner, you could cash a check with them and they would deposit. They would do you that courtesy. And then ATMs came around. And everybody said, wow, this is great. You know, we can get money anytime. It becomes very seductive. People became very dependent on ATMs. All of a sudden, people didn't prepare the way they used to prepare. They didn't have quantities of cash on hand. They didn't go to the bank because they knew if they ever needed it, they could just take it out with the ATM machine. And now, going from those days when I was a young lad back in the 80s to the present day, you see just how dependent we've become on electronic transactions. Cash is fast becoming a thing of the past. The government would love to eliminate cash for several reasons. One, by not using cash, every transaction would have to be electronically monitored so they could tax everything. And two, without cash, you're completely at the mercy of the government. See, as Uncle Frank explained, when you have a situation where your money is nothing more than a digital entry on a computer screen of some banking institution, you don't have any money. Unless you've got it in cash in a mattress, unless you have precious metals, precious stones, or other tangible property, you've got nothing. The powers that be could hit a computer key... And eliminate your wealth and or seize your wealth that quick. Becomes very, very dangerous when you become too dependent on something. And you're seeing that again now, with this exercise of unbridled authority on the part of not even the government, but upstarts. People who were upstarts a few years ago are now the power brokers of our society today. Apple, Google, Facebook, and Amazon and Twitter. They're telling you what you get to do and what you don't get to do and who gets to do it or not. You become so dependent on Facebook, Messenger, you become so so dependent on your Apple phones and your iMessages and your Google Messages and Amazon buying everything that now you're lost without them. They've entrenched themselves like a cancer into every facet of your daily life and that's how they take control. But all of this is still not enough for these lunatics on the left. Trump is leaving on the 20th, but they want to remove him before. And there's a multitude of reasons for this, my friends. The first thing, the manifest reason, they want to dance on his coffin. They want to really, really delegitimize his presidency and dance on his coffin. Now, their first preference to keep their hands clean would be to have Pence and his cabinet remove him from office. Because if he's removed from, the, uh, from office via the 25th Amendment for competency issues, he'll probably never be able to hold office again, never be able to run again. Now, failing the 25th Amendment, which is going to fail because Pence has already said he's not going to do it, they're going to try to impeach him. They try to do that today and they're going to, they, induced, they introduced one article of impeachment. Now, that's going to fail, because under the rules of the Senate, you see, the House just takes a vote, but the trial takes place in the Senate. And Alan Dershowitz, the professor emeritus of Harvard University, uh, who is not uh, particularly a fan of President Trump, but is a true believer in the Constitution and knows what's being done to him is wrong, and on that basis... Uh, He says he is fully ready to defend Trump because he doesn't want to see the process of impeachment being abused. And it has been abused. It's bad enough you try to impeach somebody once for something that you did. And I'm referring to this phone call with the Ukrainian uh, president. They tried to impeach Trump on that. You had Adam Schiff making up the language of the phone call when the transcript of the call was revealed. And you could see that it bore no resemblance to what Schiff said that Trump said. You could see it was all a crock. Meanwhile, you had Biden doing exactly what they were accusing Trump of doing, admitting laughingly before an audience in New York how he went over there and told the Ukrainian uh President, if you don't get rid of that prosecutor that's investigating my son, you're not getting your billion dollars. He held up federal aid to a foreign country for personal gain. That's an impeachable offense. But now he's going to be the next president. Getting more kickbacks, I'm sure. So they want to impeach him for the same reason, if they think they can leverage him with an impeachment charge. But the Senate, according to Dershowitz, has rules. So the Senate wouldn't be able to even schedule this thing and take up the matter until 1 p.m. on January 20th. Well, guess what happens at 12 noon on January 20th? Donald Trump becomes an ex president, and Joe Biden becomes the new president. There is nothing in the Constitution about impeaching an ex president. Once a president's out of office, impeachment. Becomes moot. It is not a criminal prosecution. It is simply a vehicle whereby a president can be removed from office with sufficient cause. But if the man is already out of office, there is no reason to remove him. So they can't begin the process to remove him until an hour after he's gone. So this is a redundant thing, but they think they can leverage Trump. They think they can pressure him into signing some type of agreement that if they don't do anything to him, that he will uh, never seek office again because they're deathly afraid of this man, but he's never going to sign that. In fact, Peter Navarro released a statement today, uh, one of Trump's aides, that Trump is itching to defend himself against an impeachment uh, if they try and go that route. I think it's going nowhere uh but they they're still hopeful, but their hope they're they're scared of other things now it's been revealed that Nancy Pelosi's laptop was taken during the course of this uh riot, so to speak, that took place at the Capitol. God knows what kind of information is on that laptop. it shouldn't be that hard to break through any firewall or any security features and find out what's on there uh and in addition, they don't know. trump may pardon between now and then and especially what has them afraid is what documents in his possession might he declassify because remember something declassification of classified documents is something that is done at the sole discretion of the chief executive there is no congressional oversight for that action congress cannot tell him to declassify something Congress cannot tell him not to declassify something. He gets to make that decision all on his own. And that has them shaking in their boots. But what really pisses me off, I hope all of you are really following the news for this, these, this next week and a half period between now uh, and the, the 20th of January when the power take, uh, changes hands. Trump, uh, in keeping with his statement that he wants an orderly transition, is not attending the inauguration. Now, people are saying, "Oh, he's being this; he's being that." Well, doesn't it strike you that it could very well be, for the for the reason that he stated, it may not be because he doesn't want to acknowledge uh, Joe Biden as the president. It could be because he feels that maybe his presence there might cause a security issue. It might cause people, maybe it'll cause his supporters to do something or be impassioned. So maybe he figures if he's not there, uh, it's better. In fact, the D.C. mayor, uh, who was stated on radio today, is asking people not to go to the inauguration. Well, you know you can't do that if Trump is there. It's easy for people not to go to inauguration when Biden is there because Biden couldn't get enough people to have a good checker game to begin with. Even when he was running for president, 10 or 15 people was a a raucous, burgeoning crowd. Whenever Trump shows up, even to make a quick speech, there's 50,000 people there. So Trump not going automatically means there's going to be a small crowd. Might be three or four people and that's it. You'll have Joe Biden, you'll have his wife, you'll have the Chief Justice holding the Bible, Biden himself, and then you'll have Kamala and her husband uh, and then somebody holding the Bible for her, and that'll be it. It'll be, all be over. No speech, because Biden really can't remember one, so they'll probably have a few cue cards up there for him, and off he goes to Pennsylvania Avenue. But Between now and then, there's a lot of people who are jumping ship. People who are making very, very, very politically expedient remarks, including that fat piece of garbage from New Jersey, Chris Christie, who Trump rescued from obscurity, now saying that Trump should be prosecuted. Uh, I listened to the speech. If, if Christie can show me one line in there that says that Trump is, was uh, trying to promote violence, I want him to prove it to me because he could never prove it in a court of law. People jumping ship left and right, all doing it very conveniently. And they're jumping ship because now the threats are coming out. They want to blacklist everyone that works, that worked for Trump. They want to blacklist them with their future employees, make sure they don't have future employees. Well, those who stay true and loyal, I'm sure, will get jobs with the Trump organization if they can't find jobs anyplace else because Trump is very loyal to people who are loyal to him. But those that jump ship, I don't know. You know, Trump was very good friends with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. He was good friends with Tom Brady. And I think he used to be good friends with Bill Belichick. Uh, He's not going to be good friends with Bill Belichick anymore. President Trump was going to give Bill Belichick the Medal of Freedom. Well, I guess Bill Belichick isn't as tough as people think he is. He's declined to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom seemingly breaking from a friendship with the billionaire mogul. This reported by Fox News. He put out a statement. Recently, I was offered the opportunity to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which I was flattered by out of respect for what the honor represents and the admiration for prior recipients. Subsequently, the tragic events of last week occurred, and the decision has been made not to move forward with the award. And he goes on and on. he represents the Patriots and his family. Well, I tell you what, Billy, you just put the final nail in the coffin of the NFL. I used to be an avid NFL fan. You know, I didn't watch a game this season. You guys go continue to take your knees, continue to play your games, continue to play in front of empty stadiums, continue your anti-American rhetoric. The people who really make this country work have been fed up with you. I'm a little fed up with crybaby athletes. Even the NBA got the message and they're going to have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, that terrorist organization, putting the logos on the jerseys. That's all gone next season. You people should better take a lesson. Because you can't fill stadiums, and pretty soon nobody's going to be watching on TV. Nobody watches. Nobody pays advertising. Nobody pays advertising. You can't get paid. The players can't get paid. Nobody gets paid. I have a real problem with athletes, I don't care what their race is, saying they're the victim of racism when they're making more money in a year than most people make in 10 lifetimes. So go ahead, not, don't take the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Maybe Biden will offer it to you. Maybe you can take it from him. I don't think so. But maybe he will. Or maybe Spiro Agnew, despite his dubious flirtation... With the wrong side of the law and the corruption, maybe he had it right all along. People like Bill Belichick are folding, they're folding under pressure, political pressure brought to bear by who? The media. Maybe Spiro had it right all along. The media simply does have far too much power and too much to say in this country. For National Preview Online. I'm Jamie Dury.